All right. Hey, guys. Welcome back to another episode of In the Barn. I'm Robin. And I'm Kelsey. And in today's episode, we're going to discuss what I swear seems to be one of the most sponsored products online right now, Beamer Blankets. <laughs> How do these blankets work? Do they work as promised? And why do we give their website an A-plus in honesty? Stick around to find out. By now, I am sure on social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, I don't, Twitter, do people still have a Twitter account? I think there's a realm of people that go on Twitter and I think they're really funny, but I just can't compete with them. And I also don't have a Twitter. Oh, I don't have, I don't have a Twitter that I use. We'll just leave it at that. Um, what? But what I'm saying, <laughs> what do you mean on a Twitter that you use? I have a Twitter. I have a Twitter. I just, I don't tweet anymore. I used to tweet. I tweeted. I was, you used to tweet? I had a Twitter, but like it wasn't me who had a Twitter. Someone else had a Twitter that I ran. Okay. We well, your alter ego? No, I just like a thing. I also had a Tumblr that went along with the Twitter. Oh, one of those kind of things. One of those kind of things were like, I made jokes on the sat on a Tumblr and then I had the Twitter to go with the jokes that I made on the Tumblr. Is that, is that what you're uh-huh. You know, sometimes I really miss the old Tumblr days. I miss Yik Yak. Like, that is what I oh, miss. Oh, I totally Gosh. miss Yik Yak. Yik Yak was great because I was in college when that came out and I, that was fantastic. Yik Yak was still going when I was in college and then I think like my last year of college, it was just gone randomly and I was like oh, where's my yik yak because that was so funny to listen to and like read listen to, yeah read the like worst part about yik yak was like you could be yik yak famous but like nobody knew like I was I was yik yak famous like I was one of the most popular people on yik yak because I was I am funny from time to time guys <laughs> um, <laughs> I, mean, I guess you are you just made me laugh you freaking idiot what I'm saying is in college I had a lot of free time to like workshop good yik yaks um, and so I became yik yak famous but like no one knew it was me were you just yik yak famous though in your area oh yeah totally totally in my area yeah. so like my strategy like, the little circle of who was who was so small well, right, like I went to a tiny college anyways. Uh, that was so not the point of, that is not where I was starting today's story. Today's story, I was trying to say, if you have the social medias, you have heard about the Beamer blanket. That is where I was going with this. Yes, yes. We're talking about Beamer, baby. Do you think Beamer was on Yik Yak? I don't think, they probably weren't around. Beamer, um, fun fact for you guys, Beamer was founded in 1998, so they were around. Whoa, that's a yeah. fun fact. I didn't realize... They were that old. Congratulations. They've been around for a while, and I'm pretty sure everyone else out there can think of at least like three to five top riders out there that have promoted it like quite a bit. I know Boyd Martin. He's yes, yep. definitely promoted Beamer. I think Jordan Linstead, she's promoted Beamer. Like I can think of so many out there yeah. that have talked about Beamer and have like promoted them that I just see them all over the place now. And honestly, like we'll get into it, but it's because they're affordable like anyone can own them yes their price tag like it's not anyone can own them but if you're i don't know if i would say affordable absolutely affordable compared to an actual pmf device that oh okay that's fair yeah yeah compared affordable in pmf realms because like yeah the ones the tube ones that you have someone come out to your barn and they put the tubes all over your horse and do a whole session that way those are really expensive but i've heard those have the best results well beamer would say otherwise oh interesting interesting oh the tea it comes out now well i mean it's not the tea. i mean why do you make a product because you're better than everyone else like that is just sales <laughs> like that's just sales and marketing well, that's, that's actually a really fair point yeah <laughs> <laughs> nobody makes a product because they're like i hope we're worse than everybody honestly we covered summit joint performance last time it's kind of a similar business model, right? Both, in case you haven't heard, Beamer is an MLM. And so is Summit Joint Performance. And MLMs are notorious for being a questionable business model and practice and not being the greatest. But I actually don't hate them completely. And they come off a lot better than Summit did. I don't hate them completely. And I think that, yeah, they're going to come off a lot better than Summit did. But also the MLM... I don't know if anyone else watched Lula Rich this past week. I totally did. <laughs> and so I have a little bit better understanding of the MLM business model because my previous experience with MLMs was like watching Illuminati on YouTube, which was just destroying every uh, MLM company. And what I could, so what I'm seeing is that Beamer probably has a more sustainable uh, model than something like Lula Rich, not Lula Rich, Lula <laughs> <laughs> um, where I think Summit is 
I have a huge question around Summit because I do think that they could be going in a more of a LuLaRoe direction. Not necessarily you have to sign up the consultants, but from a product standpoint, I don't know. I have a little bit more questions about how they're set up than I do about Beamer. I'm not as concerned about Beamer. Also, let's like make the clarification, right? Summit, you inject your horse with something. Beamer is not an invasive procedure. Very different things right off the bat. Correct. But I don't know that that makes it any safer. I mean, it is a safer, it is a safer product. I would definitely use Beamer before I use Summit, but I don't know that that we can- But it doesn't make- Yeah, it doesn't necessarily make it a safer product. Or like a safer business, yeah. Exactly. All right, so should we just get into it? (laughs) What is Beamer? We've said the word Beamer so many times. So I was to kick this off, I'm just going to kind of read from their website and explain what their product is, and then we'll get into the technology behind it. For Beamer blankets, for horses, they also have human ones you can buy, human stuff and things. I didn't really look into what uh, products were available for humans. I just looked into the horse products that were available. But for horses, you can buy a kit, and it includes a blanket that goes over like the horse's you know, back, haunches, shoulder area. And then you can buy what they call cuffs, which are boots or wraps. I don't know why they call them cuffs. I find that actually really annoying. They call them. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand. They're boots. They're boots. I, I could not figure out why. I, I don't know why either. I, I don't know if it's just because they're not. They, they say they have a lot of horse professionals helping them design these products. So I feel like the terminology should carry but you'll shift translated over right like they should have someone should have said they're like call them boots or wraps not cuffs but yes you could buy a set in the set you get the blanket and then you get the two cuffs to go with them so according to their website right like it is a therapy it's a model to help uh heal your horse improve their well-being The basic gist of what this product does is that it increases or improves the circulation uh, for your horse. And we know that when blood moves through your body, your horse's body, it has several jobs that it's doing. That includes removing waste products from your bloodstream and getting it to the correct organs so it can be removed from the body. That includes bringing oxygen to the muscles. That includes healing wounds, bringing sweat. Uh, removing swelling, bringing things into an injured area to promote healing. That is stuff that your body is already doing all on its own. The idea behind a lot of these therapies like the ceramic technology, different magnetic technologies is to improve circulation so that these things are happening more efficiently, that they're happening faster, that right everything is working at 110% level and your horses are like super healthy. The Beamer horse set promotes healing and recovery and supports regeneration. It enhances suppleness, a prerequisite for motivation and willingness to learn. That's from their website. That doesn't make any sense to me, but whatever. I I always hate when I see that is the like it makes them focus. And I'm like, does it? Does it really? But it says enhances suppleness, a prerequisite for motivation and willingness to learn. What does my horse being supple? Like, I'm sure stiff horses are willing to learn too. Like, these aren't connected. My horse's, like, stiffness isn't connected to his, like, mood. Whether he ate in the last, like, 10 minutes is connected to his mood, not his stiffness. <laughs> um, so Beamer Horse Set also helps your horse relax more easily both before and after exertion. You'll notice the effects on your horse after only a few minutes of application. Our horse blanket is the solution for large area applications. The blanket generates a beamer signal field that encompasses and permeates your animal. This small yet extremely efficient signal control is optimally placed for simple usage and contains a high quality battery for approximately 15 applications. The beamer horse set was developed by riding professionals for applications beyond just typical recreation and rehabilitation. Everything from busy day at the stables to grueling exercise and full concentration at competitions. Plus it innovative wireless design makes it easy to operate you and your horse are going to love it okay clearly that's straight from their website <laughs> a beamer set comes in at about five thousand dollars i assume that's before taxes and shipping and all of that jazz which this is where i said it's fairly affordable compared to traditional pemf devices which i'll get into what that is in just a second which run about eight thousand to twenty thousand dollars depending ah, on yowzas. what you're buying yeah so you could buy similar blankets in that $5,000 range, you can buy um, the when someone comes out to you and they are using the gray tubes, they have like a big box that you connect the tubes to. And that box is like $20,000 plus the tubes to get it to the horse and any additional cuffs or pieces that would go with it are like in addition to that $20,000 investment. So I think that is the reason why so many people are using Beamer because $5,000 versus 
20000 And, like, the idea is that, like, Boyd Martin is probably has his grooms doing this. Like, he's not paying someone to come to his site and renting a Beamer blanket. Like, you can do that. Lots of people do. Um, their consultants do go to your barns and you can rent a Beamer for 15 minutes or whatever. To purchase it yourself, if you're traveling around the world competing, $5,000 probably isn't a huge expense for those level of horses yeah. and those competitors. $20,000. It's unlikely that they're going to spend $20,000, but I bet some of them do and would. Yeah, the 20001 is more likely that they're going to rent it, you know, or hire someone to come out to the barn and do it. E- yeah, exactly. And that that's like a, a career investment, right? You are going to yeah. be certified in this modality and you are going to purchase this bigger. I don't know what the main difference is between these devices. I mean, I do, no, I do know some of the differences, but I don't understand like the price difference. Like, is it more powerful? Because power isn't really something you need. You don't need more power power is it that you can use it for more sessions before you like you can plug it in versus chart i don't really understand honestly the difference in all of between beamer and the boxes i do know that beamer i understand beamer's patent and what they say is it makes them different but i don't i don't really fully understand the difference so i will apologize for not knowing the difference actually i'm curious have you ever used PEMF technology for your horse or done any of those sessions yes Trin has had the the one with the tubes, the really expensive machine. She has had that done once, and she did. She quite liked it. Um, she was a little bit unsure. Like she, one issue that we had was that she wouldn't stand still yeah. super long. And so, like, oh, stationary horse is much better to work on sure. than a wiggly thoroughbred. But she liked it decently. I didn't see, like, huge differences. But then again, I only did it once. So I can't imagine you're going to see, like, the max improvement in one session. Yeah. And I, Adeline, I did it once for her. And kind of the same situation. She didn't really want to stand still. She was a little, I think, just nervous about it. So she was tenser the entire time, which probably meant it didn't have, like, I just imagine if your muscles aren't relaxed, it probably isn't gonna like work the same if you're tense and nervous and scared <laughs> um, yeah I've also heard I've also heard conflicting like opinions not necessarily about it but in how it's used or mm-hmm. like how protect- practitioners go about applying it to horses sure. and that like a lot of times you can see like when they post literally like fun videos on Instagram or on Facebook like you can always see the muscles twitching mm-hmm. and I've heard a lot of people say that you shouldn't be able to see the muscles twitching and that's indicating that it's turned up too high mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because that was so. I don't. I haven't looked into that particularly, but like I have used different like devices on my own body, and that like if you see the muscles twitching, like you are convulsing. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. So I used it once, um, and the gal who did it came to our barn regularly, and I was there in the barn like a few like a week or two later, and she was training a friend who was going to be doing her routes for her and her clients while she was on vacation and it was very clear that like oh nobody here has any certification nobody knows what they're doing oh my gosh yeah i'm never and you know i in that situation for that person i would never whoa that really freaked me out knowing that like i don't know that she knew what she was doing (laughs) and she was just like training a friend and i was like oh that was i gotta be careful i've got to make sure that i'm actually finding qualified uh people to do this so that terrified me when it came to this technology yeah it's a terrifying game of telephone that you don't want to play absolutely and they in that instance were like Adeline's muscles were twitching and she told me like that is it working that is the like field going through her muscles so like we did have that conversation um but you're right if is that should that be shown on horses should they be twitching like that I don't know I don't know yeah I think if you see it twitching it should be pretty minimal is what I was taking away from it but once again I don't know for sure, 100%. Uh, we'll have to look into it and then confirm what we were saying here. Yeah, so this episode is on Beamer itself and the company and their product. It's not necessarily on PEMF technology and does it work. We will give you a little bit of information around PEMF, what it is, does it work, what the research is saying, but we were focused mostly on Beamer and their product and their company. So that's why we're like, ah, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, so it's not because we didn't do our research. Beamer falls beneath PEMF. P-E-M-F. Correct. Like it's it's a like a subsection of it. Correct. So what is P-E-M-F since we've been using that term, <laughs> that acronym? <laughs> so P-E-M-F stands for Pulsing Electromagnetic Field. So the P-E-M-F technology uses basically a pulse electromagnetic field to bathe low energy cells in energy. So this whole idea around this technology is that it is bringing energy to cells that are like discharged or are not active you uh, 
as a human, as a horse, have an electromagnetic field around you. Your cells give off energy. And the idea is to like re-stimulate cells that aren't maybe being as active as they should be or doing what they should be. So the therapy uses bursts of low-level electronic electromagnetic radiation to heal damaged tissues and bone, to relieve energy injury-related pain, and even to stimulate organs. So the idea is that the pulse is low frequency enough that it can penetrate through the skin and deep into the muscles, bones, and tendons, and even into the organs in order to activate the cells within them to get them to be performing their job at the peak, right? So to make your blood circulate better, to open up your blood vessels, to make your tendons heal, make your organs heal, to make your bones heal. Um, All of that is the idea behind PEMF technology. And I was really struggling in my research because like, I want the scientific explanation for how this works. And when I looked at, you know, just going to Google and trying to figure out what is this technology, I just got blog after blog after blog and nothing that I was like, <laughs> this is, these, they're all trying to market why you should use it. And they all are explaining it in this really like simple way. And then when I went to try to find information in like a study, the studies kind of all quickly like glossed over what it was and then just like jumped into what the study was. So I really struggled to find like a great explanation for it. But it is said that it influences cellular behavior by inducing electrical changes around and within the cells and that PEMF seems to improve the blood supply and cause an increase in oxygen pressure, activating and regenerating cells. So that's kind of the gist of what it does. I mean, sure. Why not? And then most PEMF treatments fall within the 5 to 30 hertz range, which is considered low and considered safe. So Beamer technology is like 10 to 30 hertz. A computer gives out about 60 hertz of radiation or electromagnetic like waves. So it's the technology is less than a computer and it's often similar to what the uh, earth gives off, what the earth's electromagnetic field gives off wavelength wise. Uh, As you get like way way up there is radios and cell phones and microwaves and like the human body even radiates like way more like way smaller way more intense electromagnetic uh waves than the beamer products themselves do so it's like way down there which is like it's super safe it's not radiation that's going to kill you you're not microwaving your body it's a safe uh and it actually has been looked into quite a bit as far as like safety beamer as well as other pemf technologies so according to Beamer's website, the goal is to target tiny vessels. These uh, microcirculation occurs in the smallest blood vessels and can't be observed with the naked eye. Nevertheless, it has a huge effect on the health and performance of your horse. Why? Because it's here that your horse's vital metabolic processes take place. Cells are supplied with, supplied with nutrients that enable them to fulfill their task. And so metabolic waste products may be, may be are removed for disposal. That's their wording, not mine. Uh, put simply, healthy cir- microcirculation is essential to your horse's all-around well-being. So that is what they're really focusing on with Beamer as improving circulation um, through those muscles. They're not focused on pain. They're not focused on regenerating bones or organs or healing yes better circulation can lead to all of those things but the focus is really on improving your horse's ability to bring oxygen in and out of the muscles bring nutrients and waste in and out so why is beamer different why do they make their own product why should you use them versus others the you know their claim that you should use them that they are the best is the wave pattern that they produce. So this is a big part of their patent and a big part of their technology is that they have a very different wave pattern than other PEMF devices. So a lot of PEM devices have all sort of made a unique wave pattern and they all claim that their wave pattern is the best. So with uh, Beamer, it's kind of hard to maybe explain without a picture, but they start with these little pulses and it's just like Think of a very nice squiggly line is how their uh, wavelengths work. <laughs> is, that a, is that a scientific way to explain it? Think of a nice squiggly line. Well, according to the picture, it's a nice squiggly line that starts dull. <laughs> so like they have low waves and then they have a bigger wave and then they have low waves and then a bigger wave where other brands have um, their wavelengths can be very different, whether it's a very spread out squiggly line versus beamers, which are a lot more condensed or they have square lines or triangles lines and basically right that means that it's a continuous build up and then a plateau and then they drop off or right something like that so it's basically how quickly are is that energy being like sent out from the device is what the wavelength is so it's 
I don't, I, that's a science. I, I get it. I think I smell where you're stepping. And so they say that they have the best wave pattern, that they've designed it, and they do have it patented. So Beamer has a couple different patents. They have a patent for the horse blanket design, and then they have a patent for the actual uh, device for generating a pulse electromagnetic field with pulse control. So that is their, they have that patented for the US and Europe because I think they're a German company, aren't they? Yes, they are founded in Liechtenstein. Liechtenstein. That's a fun word to say, honestly. <laughs> I like saying Liechtenstein. So their patent, so their device is the same for horses as it is for people. They only have one. They don't have like a specific horse one and a specific human one. Which does make it hard when you're going to do research on it and you're trying to figure out like what is specifically talking about the horse set because the company themselves, it's just like it's so intertwined that half the time when you're reading information about Beamer, it's just talking about like the human side of things. Well, and I would imagine if you said they started in 1988, like we didn't start getting blasted. No, 1998. 98. Okay. Oh, sorry. I thought you did say 88. Okay. 1998. If they started in 1998, we didn't start getting blasted with ads until like the last year or two. So I'm guessing that transition to horses has probably been a lot slower than yeah. it was to humans. Like that's probably where they started obviously is with humans. Oh, I'm sure. And so they've spent a lot more time and like most things the technology starts with humans and then sometime <laughs> again guys pay attention that 1992 date is really important because that's when we started to realize that horses were athletes um was in the 90s so a lot of things um and especially research didn't start looking at horses as athletes until a lot later so i'm guessing a lot of you know not only the research around pemf which we'll talk about a lot of that is geared obviously at humans and then horses are getting added on later also beamer only started selling in north america 11 years ago okay so their invention relates to a device for generating a pulse electromagnetic field with pulse control wherein the pulses provided by the pulse generator represent periodic pulses having ascending and descending envelope curves with harmonic and and harmonic oscillation profile with the envelope curves. So that is the uh-huh. that is a scientific way of explaining how their pulse sequence works. Um, and their pulses in the device can range to getting one pulse per 20 minutes or getting like 10 pulses a minute. So you can, that wave, it's a very specific wave pattern that like builds up and drops back down and builds up and drops back down. And that is what they patent in their 2007 patent is where that one came from. Okay. Um, and it, again, all of it is focused on basically bringing oxygen and that microcirculation in and out of muscles and the body. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the research behind PEMF because I honestly love following like the transition research goes through. Like where did it start and how did we get where we are today using the product? A lot of the research I found um, on Google Scholar, it really started in the mid 80s. That That's kind of the start and the origin of PEMF technology, but this electropulse magnetic therapy has been around a lot longer than that. So I did find like a brief synopsis of it in Silent Pulses and Rhythmic Entertainment. So this is a, um, I think that says entertainment, but it doesn't say entertainment it says entrainment silent pulses and rhythmic <laughs> entrainment i honestly actually don't even know what that word means so <laughs> it's not my fault it's a weird word i've never seen entrainment what does that mean it looks like entertainment why would the entrainment whatever okay so this is a study that or like a um, literature review that james l oshman a phd in energy medicine did in 2016. so modern uses of energy fields to stimulate bone repair because that is what this technology is all about and where the research started is bone repair which is kind of crazy to me I'll, I'll share a little bit more about it in a second but like that's what this technology is approved for is stimulating bone growth and all I can think is, did Harry know? Did Harry Potter know he just needed P- EMF technology to, like, regrow his bones? He didn't have to drink Skelly Grow. He did not have to drink <laughs> Skelly Grow. He could have just done it with PEMF technology. But, but Skelly Grow grew his bones back overnight. Would PEMF grow his bones back overnight? Probably not. No, it would probably take a little bit longer. <laughs> so modern use of the energy fields to stimulate bone repair actually began shortly after the discovery of animal electricity at the end of the 18th century. By the mid-1800s, the preferred method for treating slow healing fractures was to pass electricity through needles surgically implanted in the fracture region. Huh. This technique was banished from medical practice along with unproven electrotherapies in the early 1900s. Oh my god. Medicine has 
come a long way, folks. But like, it was a wild west for quite a while. <laughs> Thank God I was not born back in that era. What I would have done if I had broken a bone and like, let me just stick some rods in you, then electrify them. Yeah, and I am sure it probably hurt as much as Skelly Grow, if not more, to do it that way. Yeah, <laughs> I bet it wasn't as effective either. <laughs> and you still probably didn't have new bones by the next day. But that is interesting, like that it's been around that long. Uh, we've gotten a little bit more refined with how we use it, but it's been around for a while. In the 1950s and 1960s, there was a resurgence of medical interest in electric and magnetic therapy. After considerable effort by scientists at a number of research centers, both electric and magnetic therapy for fracture non-unions were granted the safe and effective classification by U.S. Food and Drug Administration. To obtain this status, many studies were done to document the success, lack of side effects, and mechanisms of energy field methods. Not surprisingly, the scientific evidence in, is that PEMF therapy is effective because it conveys information that triggers specific repair activities within the body. The currents induced in the tissues by PEMF mimic the natural electrical activities created by the bones during movements. Pulsing magnetic fields initiate a cascade of activities from cell membrane to the nucleus and to the gene level where specific changes take place. Which is crazy, it can change your genes as you recover and heal. Because it is basically trying to reactivate your bones and get them to grow. And so part of that includes like changing the genes in your body to get them to grow again. Creepy. Super creepy. So when I look at the Google research between the 80s and 2000s, that is what I just focused on, bone repair. There is some research into bone repair for equines. The research agrees that bone repair does work for humans and it does seem to work for small animals like rabbits and dogs. And it's assumed, again, that it works for horses. I think horses is just such a hard and expensive animal to do the research on that we spend so much time saying like, well, human stuff works on horses. Like if it works for humans, it works for horses. And the weird thing with horses is they just don't metabolize things the same way as humans. They just don't process things the same way as humans. So while we can say that like it works on humans, it works on dogs, we know from like the research with ceramic technology and magnetic technology, it just doesn't work the same on horses. But it is one of those things that we're going to continue to use it. And I think it's a weird one. Like we just have to spend the research on horses in order to find out. So for example, in a 2000 study that looks into the effects of PMF on healing lab-induced, which I hate that, that phrase, tibia injuries in rabbits, the researchers concluded in this animal model, low frequency, low amplitude PEMF significantly accelerated the calcius formation in ostomy, ost, 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 I don't know, I don't know, I can't help you out, kid. It's the osteoblast, but they like phrase it in a different, their, the verbiage is different. They're, what is it like Spanish when you have those like little boxes and you have to go through like conjugation conjugation yes they conjugated the word I know what the word is trying to say but they've conjugated it in a way I can't pronounce basically what they did for this study was they cut a bunch of bones in rabbits and then they applied the PMF technology to see how quickly it would heal to the group of rabbits that received PMF versus the group of rabbits that did not receive PEMF um, and then what they did is strategically euthanize the rabbits so that they could like open them up and look at their bones so they were euthanized strategically euthanized oh my god rabbits were euthanized at 14 21 and 28 days in order to remove that tibia and look at it under a microscope and see if the healing process was working and it was like that's just like what's so crazy to me is that like we can regrow bone <laughs> like what i mean like i understand that our body heals but that you can use this technology to stimulate bones like i think that's so cool and so just like interesting all right but stay away from the rabbits yeah and i think like in order to confirm that it works in horses we'd probably have to do a similar experiment honestly and like feeding and housing horses is so expensive injuring horses is so expensive like the whole process is so expensive you have to have horses that you can do this to like that's it like i'm sorry i'm gonna say it but like rabbits and dogs and rats are off are cheaper and more disposable than horses i think it's a lot easier to <sighs> i'm sorry i'm sorry How could you you know what i mean though like blasphemy it's a lot easier to burn a bunny carcass than it is a horse carcass like to dispose of the remains so if you're gonna do this to like 20 horses you've got 20 horse bodies now okay so when the next ted bundy serial killer starts taking over washington everyone remember this moment and point the finger at kelsey <laughs> why what is killers what no killing 
Hunting what? animals and knowing who how to burn their bodies? I don't know. You got me suspicious on you. Jeffrey Dahmer, he was killing animals. First. We all know it's a sign, Kelsey. We all know. You're, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. talking about it. Once you talk about it, then you go into then it goes into action. It's not Okay, I'm not I'm not a serial killer. I listen to a lot of That's true That's what crime. all serial killers it's would true. say. It's true. It's true. Actually, no. They like once you catch a lot of them are like, yeah, I did like 40. Oh yeah, that's true. Or I did like 80 and they like did one and they're like, yeah, I'm a serial killer. I killed 100. Yeah. 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 That's a really good point. That's a that's a fair point. Anyways, back to the research. <laughs> <laughs> so, post the 2000s, the research really started to change into how can we use PMF as a therapy to improve the life of our horse athletes because remember that was 1992 olympics was the first time we saw our horses as athletes so that's when the research really started to steer away from bone can we regrow bones to like what can we else can we do so one of the studies that they did was a heat in the back study and i think this study often gets referenced by other vets when they say that a beamer blanket is no more effective than just a cooler or a sheet on your horse you can do the same thing so what they did in this study was they used uh pmf blankets on they had 20 horses 20 polo ponies that were in regular training and what they would do is they would put blankets on them like a PMF blanket and they'd either turn it on or they would have it like not turned on so it was the placebo right a placebo effect so they had half doing the turned on blanket half doing the placebo blanket and they had this for 40 minutes daily for 10 consecutive days and what they did was take thermo thermography uh images of their back before the start of the process I think after like 30 minutes after the blankets were reviewed were removed and then like a final one on the final day. So what they realized with doing it, doing this technology is that the PMF blanket did not raise the horse's temperature any more than just the placebo blanket. The idea behind measuring their temperature, their body temperature with the thermography camera is to see wouldn't that if their circulation has improved, then you would see a rise in temperature, right? But they found that it was no better in the placebo versus the PMF blanket. And therefore, the takeaway is that if you're using Beamer to like warm up your horse and improve their circulation, you might as well put any blanket on them and it's going to heat their back up and improve circulation the same amount. Well, does that hold true for other thermography images I've seen of like other products that increase circulation? They always show how the back or like how the temperature of the horse's body goes from hot to like cooler as like inflammation and circulation is increased yeah right like so you're removing the swelling and you're breaking it down so you don't have that sore spot right because a lot of thermography yeah, you don't imaging, have that build up of heat yeah sure so that is a question for this study how did they determine that an increase in temperature was desirable where a decrease versus a decrease they, they didn't i mean they found that the temperature stayed pretty consistent um that the placebo was often maybe a little bit cooler but not like a lot cooler like less than half a degree than the PEMF um and that like day seven something weird happened where the PMF was like way cooler than the placebo but I don't know what that is that seems weird to me right yeah I don't know what that is either to have one day when it was pretty consistent like on a pretty consistent um trajectory I don't know and I, you know I'm not a huge fan of using thermography right because it's so touch and go and temperamental. it's so touch and go it's so temperamental there are so many factors that can influence it. They, this study did not include any of the thermography because you're right. I wouldn't necessarily like they took an average of the horse's back, but we don't have the thermography images to say, well, this horse started with two hot pockets. And yes, the average is the same temperature, but those hot pockets have spread out, right? Like, so now the circulation is better throughout the body or it's worse, right? right? And we don't have those images to compare. So like this is part of, you know, the whole issue when we talk about this science is that, well, is it better? Is it not better? I mean, the studies we're looking at aren't very thought, very detailed. Or didn't like take all of those things into consideration. And this study, by the way, I did not name it, um, which is my bad. <laughs> um, so this study is titled The Effects of Pulsed Electromagnetic Field Therapy on Surface Temperature of the Horse's Back. And this was done in 2013. Uh, and it was published in Veterinary Medicine in Austria. And they did not use Beamer. They used a different blanket. Similar theory behind the method being used i don't disagree oh and the other really weird thing with this and is that they had this custom made uh 
Pulse program. So these were frequency bundles. So basically they had like this customized um, application where the horse would wear the blanket for 40 minutes. The first 20 minutes it went from 2 hertz to 7.8 to 4. And then it did in the next site and then it would cycle through that. And then the next 12 minutes it was 6 hertz, 30 hertz, 7.8 hertz, 10 hertz. And then the last 8 minutes it was 12 hertz, 20 hertz, 15 hertz, and 1 hertz. And it would cycle through this. The idea was like a warm up, I like vitality, and then a relaxation phase I don't know like what effect that would have when you're you're switching between all of these so it was like there was a lot of variables going on yes they stayed in that 1 to 30 range for Hertz which is what we know most of these products are at but it did seem like it was I don't I don't know what the benefit to this pattern was this study I think still leaves a lot of questions for me um, and it's one of the few studies that actually looks at horses. Like there's very little from bone research. Yeah, that's a struggle. Yeah, there's a the little bit of bone research. There's a little bit, uh, there's this study. And then there's some other like flyers and not flyers, but they're um, veterinarian, uh, what are those things? Conferences where all a bunch of professionals get together and they talk and then they release like the summary of their lectures online. And so that's why I said it was a flyer. But it's not like not, it's not like an advertisement. It's the summary of their lecture. And I found one that was multimodal treatment for chronic foot pain in horses. And this was by a vet, Lisa Lancaster. Um, and she did this seminar in 2017 in Arizona. And she was talking about like managing horses with chronic foot pain, things like laminitis or navicular. And she just like kind of makes this blanket assumption that like, why wouldn't PMF work to in, to make horses uh, feet less painful and less inflammation. Uh, it's not new to human medicine. And many of the studies that have been conducted on lab animals only recently has veterinarian literature focused on PMF use in companion animals. I have not seen research on PMF use in horses, but the devices are becoming more popular as part of physical medicine approaches for horses. So like, why not use it? And then she's a vet who's okay. going around and being like, people are using it, so might as well might as well use it and making a lot of assumptions. And I think that's kind of the struggle with this technology is that we just have a lot of people making a lot of assumptions that it works. So as far as what does the FDA recognize this product for, they do recognize it as a growth, bone growth stimulator. It has recently, uh, bone growth stimulators have become their own category of devices that FDA is now regulating. How FDA regulates what are called class three devices is actually really interesting. A lot of these products get what is called pre-market approval. And so a lot of these companies will say that they have FDA approval. That's not what they have. Most products do not have FDA approval. They have they have registered with the FDA. They have gone in yeah. and done this pre-market approval phase. It's called pre-market approval. It is registering your product with FDA. And they say, based on the research and based on the information you've provided, this is likely to be as safe as other things that are on the market. But it's not approval. It's not acceptance. The bone growth stimulators have now moved to the next phase where they are getting regulated in their own category and having their own standards applied to them. But all other devices, not super regulated. Yes, they're determined to be safe. You do have to um, have studies that determine that it's safe and show that it's safe and that it functions similarly to other products already regulated or already registered. But that's kind of it. And so the other uses for this product include wound healing, but again, just in the device, uh, the pre-market registration, being used for post-operative pain and edema management and used as brain cancer treatment. I could not find where FDA did accept it for the brain cancer treatment. I only found references in other studies saying the FDA had accepted it for brain cancer treatment, but I couldn't find um, any inf other information about it. So that is where Beamer is. Beamer is, their product is registered with the FDA, but it does not have FDA approval. It's just been registered and they accept that it's probably no more dangerous than anything else in the market. And that allows them to sell it. Like they can sell it to you. That's totally fine. It is, the FDA has approved it for that, for being sold basically. When it comes to regulating these same devices for animals, the FDA has a much more hands-off approach. So uh, these devices are considered, I mean, 
Beamer is considered a device. It meets the definition of a device. But the FDA does not really regulate these or have any oversight. Instead, they just sort of leave it up to the manufacturer to ensure that they're doing they're meeting the requirements of that pre-market approval and that here are the standards. Just make sure your product meets it. And the FDA kind of is hands off when it comes to animal products versus humans where they do um, a lot more oversight of it and a little bit more oversight and tracking of it. But the FDA really just encourages vets and animal owners to report if there's an adverse effect with the product. And once they have enough concerns about a product, then they'll look into it. But otherwise, it's manufacturers are left to distribute um, and do what what they want with these products. Yes, they're very loosey-goosey on their regulations when it comes to animals. Yes, they are. And so I I don't know if that's a benefit to Beamer, that it's the same technology that's used in both humans or in animals. I don't know if that's a, you know, like if you're using the same thing that was approved or accepted for humans, does that make it safe for animals? I don't know. I mean, there's really not a lot of research into the product. Right. And the way the Beamer, how they're, because they're not FDA approved, but they have registered with the FDA. And the way that kind of works is that like they're then categorized into other products that are similar to them. Yeah. And then from there, they look at those categories and like they deem them if they're safe or if they're not safe. And I think, what was it? What's the category they're putting in? It's like muscular something, stimulus or something like that? Yeah. So their product is to temporarily increase local blood circulation and healthy leg muscles and to stimulate healthy muscles in order to improve and facilitate muscle performance. Yeah. So they're sort of into that category and that category has been previously assessed to be safe to use. And so that's how they're able to like go ahead and sell it. Correct. And then they use that and they're like, well, look, we're FDA approved. You're like, well. Not quite. You've just been deemed not harmful so far. And that's is like the research around that bone stimulators has taken like yeah. 30 years to kind of get them into the next step. They're still like not approved. They're just more like accepted that this has more regulations around it in order to make sure it is like because it's now considered its own category where it was part of something else before. And they only received they only submitted for that and received and received their uh, registration in 2017. So like I said, they have that registration for, and that's again for the human device, but that is the same device that they have that they're using with horses. Of course, this registration does not move mean that they're safe. Um, it definitely doesn't mean that it's smooth sailing for them. So in October 2019, there was an import hold that was placed on the company. So anything that was coming out of the Liechtenstein port was being held without uh, needing any type of examination. So all their human products were being grabbed and seized by the FDA upon entry into the country. And it's really unclear as to why this was happening. The only information um, that I could really find was, so they had an import alert and it said providing that their registration paper, which was what was approved in 2017, their pre-market registration, all it said was that that documentation may not be sufficient to overcome the appearance of a violation. And that was for all of their products, which were the massagers, the muscle stimulators, and muscle conditioning products. And that was 2019. Right. Do you know, did that extend to the horse products or are the horse products still just rolling in? The FDA wouldn't regulate horse products. so Okay, so they're only grabbing human ones. They would have only been grabbing human ones from what I can tell. But like, it's really... I don't know. It's so hard to say. I like So that information was found on BeamerMattReview.com. I did go to the FDA has like you, you and I can both go right now and look and see what products and what companies are being held at ports, where they're coming from, based a simple reason of why they're being held. So he did post screenshots of that import hold for them. And the screenshots he posted look exactly like the website. Like they're not, he didn't. Well, that hold has now been lifted. I believe it was lifted sometime in 2020. So I can't find that exact page anymore. It's not, he like didn't make it up. That's what I'm trying to say. Like this is, ex this is exactly what it looks like. If you look at the image of the screenshots he posted, you and I can both go to um, import alert. We can both find this information. Beamer does not currently have an import alert. They do have a recall though. Ooh, on what? Um, All of their products are being recalled as of February, 2021 because, and it's actually, I feel like a really dumb reason. So no shade on Beamer for this. Basically they have to, uh, fix their labels. Oh. So they're, the, the product is potentially dangerous for people with pacemakers and insulin pumps. 
because it's an electric magnetic field and it may interfere with the electric device that's been installed into somebody. So yes, they are under a current recall because they need to improve their labels. This affects like 200,000 pieces of equipment in the United States. People with pacemakers just can't have fun. We already know that. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that doesn't reflect too, like they might just not have updated their things like that doesn't reflect necessarily on the products they're putting out like that they're dangerous no i don't think it makes their products dangerous but i like it is a recent recall if you look their product up you will find that it's been recalled but this is the reason they need to update because there's a potential danger for people with insulin pumps um or uh, a pacemaker or similar devices to malfunction if they're being treated so all devices are under a voluntarily a volunteer recall to have their labels basically updated. Um, and if you have a pacemaker, don't 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 use this. Strange fun fact though about Beamer when I was like researching their patents, did you know they have patents to use this technology to stimulate plant growth? Yes. Yeah, actually I did. I was like, that's that's funny. I thought that was great. Yeah, it was the, the, a method for treatment of plants using electromagnetic fields. Yeah. So that is all I have. I'll save my conclusion for the end of the episode, but I'll let you kind of take it from there. Okay, so I'm kind of going in and digging into like Beamer itself, going beyond like what the technology is, because that's what Kelsey just covered and like if it works, it's if it's effective, so on and so forth. I was digging into kind of like the background, who who's behind Beamer, who's the face, who's what, because when we were going through Summit, and we came around to Dorian mm-hmm. Farmer, who was the founder of Summit, and like started digging into his past. You know, he had quite the, quite the past, quite the not so perfect yes. past. Of a little bit, little shady, just a little, shady. a little bit shady. He also had a number of like previous like shell companies that he like started up and like trying to do something similar that he like shut down at some point. And so when I started digging into Beamer, I actually didn't find too much on them. Like I'll go through it and stuff, but they came off a lot better than what Summit did, and. Even though they're an MLM, I think we'll get to the end. We'll share our opinions and stuff, but I, I don't hate them. You know, I don't hate Beamer. Anyways, so to dive into Beamer, as you might have heard already, they were founded in 1998 in Liechtenstein by Peter Gleim or Glem. I could be saying his name wrong, but we're going to go with Peter Gleim. And information on our dear founder is quite scarce to come by. He has several patents out for like different medical devices registered. He actually just had one become officially patented in August 2021, which was just last month. And that one had been filed in 2017. So it kind of gives you like an idea of how long it takes for these patents to come full circle of actually like, you know, they, they file for it, but they don't get it until years and years later. And that was for a device for influencing biological process in living tissue. He also has like a number of other patents, uh, one of them being an apparatus for stimulating local and higher homeostatic autoregulatory mechanism in the organism. What that is? No idea. Um, (laughs) He also has the method for treatment of plants using electromagnetic fields. Oh, the plant has a boo-boo. Let's treat it. (laughs) Yeah, we're stimulating his growth. He needs bones. We give him to it. Oh, Mitch, if your plant started growing bones because you use this, like now you have like a femur in your plant. I need to use this on some of my house plants because those things, they give up life real fast as soon as they come into my house. Yeah, I've started killing a lot of my office plants too. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what they're doing, man, but they're not living. That's for sure. He also, like, they have the patent of the horse cover for the beer blankets. They have an apparatus for modulating perfusion in the microcirculation of the blood, which is essentially what the Beamer product does. He has, like, quite a few different, like, other patents out there. They're all associated with medical devices. But that was, like, as far as information I could find on Peter Gleim. However, continuing on with the business model of Beamer, it is a multi-level marketing company, but that doesn't necessarily mean it is a pyramid scheme. Because pyramid schemes, like, I mean, it, it kind of is, kind of not. It's it's more of like a pyramid scheme in disguise, but obviously pyramid schemes are illegal. So having an illegal business model really wouldn't work great from the get-go. Right. And I, and again, there are like, there are standards in order to do MLM and have it be considered illegal and not a pyramid scheme. So there are like, depending on the state, there are three different categories you have to meet, which includes... Um, 70% of the profits the individual makes has to be from like selling the product versus signing up new members. They have to have more than 10 unique customers that aren't just uh, like other associates or other reps. And shoot, there's like one more for the state of Washington. I don't remember what it is though. Dang it, there's one know. more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But Beamer does not qualify as a pyramid scheme. 
for a few simple reasons. One being that reps slash members can still earn a commission by simply selling the products. They can also, those reps slash members do not need to recruit to earn. Yeah. Which technically makes them a legit company and not a pyramid scheme, right? The whole thing of pyramid schemes is that they have to recruit to earn money. And while members do not need to recruit to make money with Beamer, as they would with the illegal model, there are only two ways for those who are distributors to actually make money. One of them is selling their products, and the other one is recruiting members into the company, but they only make money off their recruits when that member sells something down the line. Yeah, and I think that makes it legal. Yeah, they get around of it that way. It's like they, only, they, don't, they don't make money off of that person simply joining they make money off of that person selling. And that person can sell products to a non-member and like so on and so forth, which makes them a legitimate company. It does appear that those like also a really common feature of pyramid scheme companies and MLMs is that, of course, those at the top are going to be making more money than those at the bottom. And it's very hard for those at the bottom to like maintain a living. Although it appears that some with the Beamer group can make a all right wage they can make like minimum wage is what it was looking like however beamer does not have an official income disclosure so we don't really know if their members are really making anything or like how exactly that is dispersed throughout the company whether like you know how much of the funds is going to the top 10 versus like how much is going to like the bottom 500 however an interesting thing is a few years ago there was a lot of movement in the top of the company here in north america Something like within four years, they had 11 different acting managers or CEOs. That's a lot. Is a bit of a high turnover rate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the follow-up question you might be asking yourself is how does one become a Beamer rep or a Beamer distributor, right? They don't call them reps. They call them distributors. And the first step is it is pretty expensive, actually, to become a Beamer distributor unless, like, that's actually a profession. So, like, it makes sense for a vet office, I would say, to have one of these, like, a Beamer blanket and the Beamer cuffs. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more hard to justify like the individual person. But to become a Beamer, Beamer distributor, you have to pay a subscription fee of $290. A month or just once? Like how many times do you have to pay that? I actually don't know. I, it just said, I think it was just once, maybe. But you have to pay the 200 at least up front. This is like your cost right up front. You have to pay a $290 subscription fee. You also have to pay a $144 annual fee and... You have to buy your own Beamer machine, which the horse set blanket one, the cheapest is $4,990, so pretty much $5,000, which is pretty expensive right up front. Like that's a pretty hefty bill just to become an active Beamer distributor. That's that's cheaper than joining LuLaRoe though. <laughs> oh my God. That's not good. That's not, that's not good. We all know LuLaRoe is not good. Yeah, no. Definitely watch that documentary, guys. If you have not and you aren't even a fan of LuLaRoe, it is good. Like, it was, I enjoyed it. A good thing, though, that appears with uh, Beamer is that there is no sales quota members are required to fill, like how other MLMs have that. So while it is expensive for a member to stay active and they have to, you know, spend a hefty chunk of change just to get there in the first place, they don't have sales quotas to fill, which is, you know, that's a nice thing that leaves a little lifts a little pressure off their back and also means they're not like totally forcing it down your throat that like buy Beamer. So a lot of like consultants or distributors, you buy it, but then you go around to like different barns, right? And you are a therapist for, for different people and you rent it out. Is that money you get to just keep if you have that business model? Or is that I don't something? know. Okay. I honestly, I can't figure that out because Beamer was hard to figure out how they broke down like their income disclosure and stuff like I, I don't know on that one which is really interesting because that's a different method than like what other MLMs have right like other MLMs yeah. you don't go renting out your summit joint performance injections right. no absolutely like I it is strange because like I don't walk home with a product you're not encouraging someone to buy 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 necessarily yes you want them to come back and continue to use the equipment but that if that money doesn't go to Beamer then where is Beamer making their money? Is it truly just off of a $5,000 blanket? Or no, do you have I'm to thinking... do like classes and training and all of that as well? So I could not find if they have to take any classes or training. That was unclear. And I was looking it up and I couldn't find really anyone that had gone through it that went through to elaborate like how they became Beamer mm -hmm. certified distributor. However, I did notice when I was going through like, because I started trying to figure out, you know, who's become latest Beamer reps and like distributors and I was looking through Facebook and stuff and a really common theme you see with absolutely every single one that like just now becomes a distributor is that they'll then 
offer to travel to shows and do like a initial session with you for $20 and then there's or they'll travel to your barn and so they are renting out that product so I assume for every single one of them to suggest and offer that it has to be part of the business model and like I guess that opens up another um revenue point for those that are distributors right because like the whole purpose behind an MLM is that like you become your own business right like I yes I've bought this product but like I am now my own business person. So whether I sell clothes or sell supplements or whatever or rent blanket uses, like I am now my own company. And so now I get to use this product to make my own money. Um, And somehow this, the bigger company, Beamer, is taking their chunk along the way. Yeah, it's got to be something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I'd be curious about the training, like if you do have to go and do like a continuing education, because I think like that's a big place that you can make money, right? Like you have to go to X amount of trainings a year in order to be a rep and they cost, you know, $200 each or whatever. Like that's probably, I don't know. I I have no idea if Beamer does that. I'm just like spitballing. I I don't know. I don't know either. All I could find was that you have to pay the subscription fee. Yeah. You have to pay the annual fee and then you have to buy your own. And that was all I could see of what was required to become a distributor. So I don't know if they have those required classes because I kind of feel like Beamer, like how you're talking about your first experience with the PMF and then you saw the girl afterwards like training somebody else and they very clearly had no idea what was really going on. Yeah. I kind of think some of these distributors are along those similar lines where they don't super know what's happening. But like, if your vet has it, I would say, like, they probably have a little bit deeper understanding. Maybe. Actually, I don't know for sure either on that one. I don't know for sure either. And, like, the one thing that actually makes me a smidge uncomfortable with the Beamer blanket is that I now can't see my horse's body and their reaction where I can with the tube. Yeah. I can see what is going on. Um, and, like, are their muscles spasming or are they, like, calm and relaxed looking? Like, what is my horse doing underneath? blanket yeah so the another really good thing about beamer or not necessarily really good thing but it shows that they're not as sketchy and schemy as summit is that they don't like they have a few those people are like oh my god i tried it for the first time ever and i got huge results but like those are actually pretty far and few between a lot of times when you hear people sharing their experience with them they actually seem to have been legitimate experiences and like it's it seemed like an actual review not just paid testimony. Like I know one person was talking about it and they said they had a mayor who ended up having like ovarian uh, like cysts or something. And when they put it on, she had a really strong reaction and they had to take it off immediately. And that's when they figured out that some, that was what was going on. Yeah, so there there was a varying uh, reviews out there on it, which I thought was, you know, it was nice. They, they don't have any qualms with the FDA on having false testimonies like Summit does. A better business bureau, but yeah. Oh, better business bureau. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You're right. However, there was a few other things I did find about Beamer, just two others, and then I'll we'll go to our, our overall opinion and conclusions of it. Number one is that Beamer has fallen into the trap of false advertising, and their distributors do share this quite a bit. You know, it's it's hard for companies out there, they really want to make their, their products stand out and sound great. And like with any company, you know, there comes a point where false claims come in at some time. One of theirs is that they claim that NASA spacesuits use Beamer technology. That's not true. They don't have a deal with NASA to use Beamer technology in their astronaut spacesuits. Dang it! The truth is, is that NASA agreed to use Beamer devices as a part of their research and nothing more. So you can go on NASA where they list, like, I think it's called like their space acts or their space agreements with like different companies and Beamer's not listed there. Interesting. Yeah, so they say Beamer is so great. Like, you know how gravity affects astronauts' bodies, which was one of the, what one of the distributors said. And I just want to specify to her that gravity actually affects all of us, whether you're an yeah. astronaut or not. <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> well, the lack of gravity affects astronauts. Gravity affects the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, sure. But she was like, yeah, they weave the Beamer technology into the astronaut spacesuit. And I was like, well, that's not, that's not true. They, NASA agreed to use it as a, their, their, their devices as a part of research, but not like official spacewalks or anything of that nature. And then I did find one lawsuit. I didn't find any lawsuits necessarily against uh, Peter Gleim, but I did find one lawsuit that was filed in April 2021, but it wasn't anyone filing against Beamer. It was Beamer filing against somebody else. And I think this is in regard to like human products and those style of devices being sold. Because they filed it against George Geish and Yusef Benlusif and their new venture Centropix, which all around very confusing names in general. Mm-hmm. But 
the lawsuit was for them breaching their non-compete and non-solicitation agreement with Beamer, and Centropix was issued a federal injunction restraining them from recruiting and or enrolling current and certain former Beamer distributors until April 22nd, 2022. Interesting. So they were former distributors or do they work higher up in the company? I don't know. That was unclear, but they had to have worked with the company to then yeah, have a have non-compete a and non-solicitation agreement. And also that federal injunction limits the products that Centropix can market in the U.S. and the statements that they can make when marketing their products. Interesting. Interesting. I wonder, I guess, do distributors then get non-compete clauses as well when they sign up in there? Because, I mean, I imagine you have to sign a buttload of paperwork to become a distributor and a member. I'm sure. I'm sure they don't even read half of it. I wouldn't. That's for damn sure. Well, I mean, that's on you, really. I know. I know. I don't know how many things I've agreed to over the years that I've never once read, but I just clicked agreed. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, everything. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Because, I mean, it says that they must have been higher up in the company is what I'm thinking. They must have been, yeah, because, like, and then they left to make their own. Yeah. Because, like, they're a tech company, but they just started selling fitness products. And I'm guessing, like, the Beamer stuff they were trying to sell or, like, the non-compete clause came in with, like, they were trying to sell, like, fitness products of that nature. Probably. Interesting. Yep. And that was all the tea I have on Beamer, you know, apart from their one little NASA claim, honestly. And they don't have – they didn't have any shady lawsuits or anything. Like, their one lawsuit is pretty understandable. Like – as far as an MLM goes, I don't I don't dislike them. And you know, at the end of the day, I would say it's a little overpriced, but I think if someone wants to purchase this, then by all means go for it. I would just suggest thinking of what issue it is that you or your horse has that you're trying to fix through improved blood flow and like will that improved yeah. blood flow make a difference? Because I think there's things like rehabbing a horse with poor hoof or leg circulation where like the Beamer boots would certainly help with that, right? Because that's going to increase circulation in the horse's leg. And that's the exact issue you're trying to fix. But like what issue are you specifically trying to address that this is going to help? Because I think a lot of times, you know, you get these therapies and you try to apply it to like just your horse in general. And where you might see like a slight improvement might be just your horse in general. But if you have like a specific issue that you're trying to address with it that is when you're going to see the bigger changes and that's when it's going to come in handy so if you would really like to purchase the beamer blanket and the cuff boots i would say go for it however i would recommend if you're like really into it but you want to save money try getting your hands on an older model because the technology and the new blankets being rolled out today are actually really similar to the older ones where the technology has not changed since it was patented and published in 2007 it's all the same technology so if someone like has a used blanket out there or an older model Go for it. It is the same as the new blankets. Yeah. And I guess if, you know, rent one, you know, borrow one, have someone come out for a session or two and try it. Uh, If you maybe don't want to spend the money necessarily right away or want to try it or see if the changes it has on your horse. I will, we mentioned earlier that I do give Beamer an A plus for their website. Yeah. When we, we have looked at a lot of different therapies and a lot of different companies. And I do think that they're, the Beamer Group website is trying to put as much information out there, but they also have real disclaimers that I super appreciate. Um, the disclaimer on their website is that the Beamer horse set does not replace treatment and care of an injury or disease by a veterinarian. A veterinarian should be consulted prior to the use of Beamer horse set for any medical condition. I think that's like absolutely. Yeah. A lot of times companies just say go for it. Like, And I think a lot, a lot of vets, not all, but a lot of vets are under the opinion that this stuff Probably isn't going to hurt. Whether it's going to help, we don't know. Hurt, probably not. Like, you're not going to damage your horse with a lot of this. They do link to a lot of research. The research that they do link to is actually the correct research to link to. It's just not not conclusive research. Like, they're not like where some studies, like, they link to, like, some websites link to a study and you're like, this isn't even anything why do you have a link to this where like they actually do link to like uh i think it's like science daily to all of the research that comes up with the electric pulse magnetic therapy and then you can choose from like 20 different studies which one you want to look at yes it's all targeted at humans yes some of that's not very conclusive like there's a lot of we're all over the place with this research i think the research itself is very still like we have no decision if this really helps or doesn't help as far as like healing goes other than bones we seem to all agree that it does do something for bones but imagine boyd martin isn't trying to regrow his horse's 
bones when he puts a beamer on his horse. Like there's there's studies out there that show that it does something. There's studies out there that shows that it doesn't do something. So I think honestly right now everything is just inconclusive. <laughs> yeah, and I think the part – so there's a couple of things for that. I think – it is the pain management factor is still a big question mark. It works in some instances and it doesn't work in other instances. And what you have to look at with those studies where stuff is working is that they're using um, different, uh, they're higher hertz. They're closer to that 50 hertz where Beamer is closer to that 30 hertz. Uh, okay. And so what it has kind of come, the conclusion is that Beamer obviously is not the best but nobody is the best um yeah and that actually the hertz that they're using are probably a little bit low compared to what most studies are looking at when they're testing equipment so what it comes back to when those boxes i and i think this might be the difference is those boxes that are the twenty thousand dollar boxes can do a higher hertz and i think they're closer to that 50 can get closer to that 50 where the beamer is at that 30 and right they have that unique wave pattern so it's not a consistent 30 and that we don't know what wave patterns work we don't know what hertz numbers work the best um what intensity works the best so the kind of the conclusion is that right nobody has the right the best we really don't know how good all this stuff works. There's a lot of metrics that still need to be gathered and that Beamer actually could increase their intensity to become more effective. And so if you're looking at Beamer as far as pain management, it might not be as effective as a different piece of equipment that does manage pain better. But I would say if you really want a product like Beamer and you have the money that you want to spend on it or you want to like pay someone to come out and do it, I would say there's you know no harm, no foul on this one. Yeah. Yeah. I think this company, I kind of at the end of the day, I'm like, if you've, yeah, they seem respectable. I think they're actually being honest at this point. And this is, so that's the other hard thing that you have to keep in mind, especially companies that use that MLM model, but just companies in general, they go through a phase. So like where they're really good <laughs> and they start really honest and then they start making money and their goals of the company start to change. And so I'll, not all companies, but a lot of companies do go through a transition where products start to become cheaper. Things start to become damaged. The quality is not the same. Um, their investment in the research isn't the same. So at this point, they look good. I don't know what they're going to be in 10 years. I don't know what they're going to be in five years. They could be just as good. They could be even better or they could be even worse. So I do think when you're looking at a lot of these companies, you have to look at today. What are they doing today? Because they may not be the same as what they're doing tomorrow. Um, or what they're doing in several weeks. Right. That's so important. And I totally like as soon as I because I didn't know all I had seen about Beamer was it getting promoted by like Boyd Martin and, and like a few other top riders and stuff. And then I came on Facebook one day and I saw a post of someone that mentioned they're a brand new Beamer distributor and like get your Beamer through them. And I went on their website and I was like, I realized, that, oh, my gosh, you can't purchase one on your own. And that was when I figured out they're at MLM. And I immediately got, you know, a bad taste in my mouth and I didn't like it I just I immediately was you know I assumed that Beamer would suck if they're an MLM using that business model but you know looking through them I yeah I don't I don't dislike them they're all right they're fine they're doing their thing you know they're they are not summit joint performance and that really was a low bar to pass but they passed it well <laughs> <laughs> sorry summit but not sorry <laughs> um all right any final words no I think I think I'm good I think I've said all that I came here to say but on that note, thank you guys so much for listening and following along today's episode. I hope you enjoyed us tackling another MLM and seeing what is going on in the wondrous world of multi-level marketing. And if you haven't, go watch the, what was it, Lula Rich? Lula Rich. Wait, did you watch it? Have you watched it I yet? haven't yet, but I'm going to go watch it right now, actually. I was saving it for this weekend. Okay. Please do. It's great. I, I don't know why I'm like, so I watched it this week. It was... It's on Amazon Prime, right? Yes. Yeah, so if you're an Amazon Prime member, you can watch it for free. Um... Yeah. And it does say season one. And does anyone know, is there a season two? Because there's so much more to the story that wasn't told. Or are they going to do another company with season two? Like, why is it oh. season one? Maybe. Maybe it's a series. Oh, I'm excited now. I got to go watch the Lula Rich documentary. You guys, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can reach out to us on Instagram at inthebarn.pod or, or no, in the barn pod. Actually, I don't know what our Instagram handle is anymore. I don't know either. Well, Ooh. never mind. Sorry, guys. Stay safe, stay classy, and stay in the saddle. <laughs> and try PEMF. PM,